Are we still panicking about Cam Akers? All that and more on today's Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode of Locked On Dynasty is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going? It's going great, man. How are you? It sounds like you had a very cool road trip this weekend. Yeah, it was it was a great weekend, and uh, that's that's a big part of the reason we're coming to you a little bit later than normal. <laughs> uh, we like to have, have uh, these episodes ready for you Tuesday morning. Didn't happen this time. Uh, yeah, I had I had the kind of the ultimate guys weekend. Uh, ended up it it ended up sunday night in green bay watching the packers and the bears there were some baseball games in there i saw my yankees uh taking on the chan a couple times (laughs) we we uh we jumped around in uh in madison wisconsin with the badgers so it was a it was a full weekend a very fun weekend and uh apologies for uh coming in a little late well worth it though they can wait that's awesome yeah yeah it was a fun one it is Tuesday, just barely here still. We're talking Dynasty transactions on this Tuesday, as we always do. Uh, and we'll start with the waiver wire. Matt, we, we almost had to apologize for talking waiver wire last week because it was pretty thin. And yeah, right. Here, here we are again, two weeks in, with really very few strong options on the waiver wire when it comes to Dynasty leagues. And, and really, it's true in, in, in redraft leagues as well. I mean, what do you attribute that to? We we have had we've had the injuries piling up. Uh, fortunately, most of those are uh, minor, but uh, yeah, just it just feels like we haven't had that breakthrough surprise performance. Uh, we we kind of seen this coming in many ways as far as the first couple weeks unfolding. Yeah, I, I wouldn't look too much into it. I mean. Every year we seem to have more and more information going into the season and the term sleeper becomes more and more irrelevant because everybody knows everybody. I know we're going to talk about Jordan Mason from San Francisco. I mean, someone like that sort of shows up but needs a lot of things, a lot of bounces to happen for them to be relevant. Um, I just think we've kind of been fortunate with running back and receiver injuries thus far. Yeah, that's really true. Uh, there, there are still a few guys to discuss. Uh, of course, the the big news of the week uh, or of the weekend from an uh, from a dynasty perspective has to be that injury to Trey Lance. Of course, sure. we hate to see that um, for for so many reasons. Uh, Lance, up until that point, and we would include week one in this, was was struggling, struggling on the field. Uh, got got hurt early in that week two game, so. You know, we're going to be two years into his career and have very few answers as far as what he could really do on an NFL field. That's going to make it uh, 
difficult for the 49ers to evaluate him moving forward, uh, which also, of course, leads to uh, difficulty for dynasty managers really knowing what they have in Trey Lance. Uh, but uh, moving forward, it will be Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, that was a big, uh, big topic of the offseason that he was expected to be traded or even released. And uh, we know that ultimately the team reworked that deal, kept him, and I'm sure they are glad they did that now. Garoppolo will be the starter moving forward and, uh, of course, is going to be a very good one. He, he might be out there on waiver wires in, in single quarterback leagues, certainly would still be rostered in super flex leagues. Uh, but I, I think he's a pretty good option. I mean, he came in and uh, even in, you know, less than a full game on Sunday, ended up as, as a QB1. I think he was the 12th uh, quarterback scorer of the week last week. Um, so, you know, kind of picked up right where he left off or, or at least uh, – um, at least that's kind of how it seemed with the 49ers offense. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I think most of our listeners know who he is. The Niners yeah. know who he is. You know, it's there. It's not Dak going to Cooper rush. What are we going to get? Or, you know, if Trubisky would go to pick it, what are we going to get? You know, things like that. I mean, you know exactly what you're getting. The starter was the question mark, not the backup. And I think you yeah. nailed it. I mean, my man Brian Peacock and I have been talking about this a bunch. He's a Niners guy. And, you know, from a Niners perspective, he fears that Trey Lance, especially the way he finished his college career, is it going to be almost the time to make a fifth-year option decision on the guy and he's sitting there like Jordan Love and you just don't know anything about him yet? Yeah, that's that's really, you know, that's the reality. And, um, yeah, you mentioned the way he finished his college career, of yeah. course, uh, sat out most of his final college season uh, due to COVID, uh, you know, the COVID situation. So here we are. He, he's basically going to get very limited steps three seasons in a row, and um, it's it's about as bad as it can get when it comes to Trey Lance and his dynasty value. Uh, let's move on, though. There are a couple running backs worth discussing. Uh, really, we're, we're kind of focused on just a couple of teams here. Yeah, San yeah. Francisco is one of them. We already talked to Garoppolo. Um, Ty Davis-Price, TDP, was uh, was given his first significant action of the, of the season and of his career. Uh, he's a rookie that was a healthy scratch in week one. Um, and then we see, you know, we see the injuries in that backfield. Elijah Mitchell, of course, is going to miss uh, quite a bit of time. So Davis Price gets, uh, gets involved on Sunday and promptly, as San Francisco backs tend to do, he got hurt. He's going <laughs> to miss some time. I believe that was a high ankle sprain. Uh, so Jordan Mason uh, is kind of the next guy in line. Another rookie. He was undrafted, uh, but made the team and, and uh, was also uh, active on week one, uh, despite not playing a snap. And then the team also brings up Marlon Mack, who had been signed to their practice squad just uh, just a few days ago. So Jordan Mason, Marlon Mack, they'll uh, presumably back up Jeff Wilson, who has his own injury history. This just keeps happening. It's the same it's story the same in San thing, Francisco right? over and over. Just talked about the familiarity of quarterback in San Francisco. I almost don't care what names they are. It's the same story every year. And it makes me just think that if history's taught us anything, 
Jordan Mason's going to end up being the Niners leading rusher this year, you know, and then next year it'll be somebody else, you know, like <laughs> the come from nowhere guy is always the one that it, you don't, the one you know the least about is the one that leads the team in rushing. It, it does feel that way. And, and Jordan Mason would qualify. Um, if we're talking, when we're talking specifically dynasty waiver wire, uh, I would pr- prioritize Mason over Marlon Mack. I, yeah. you know, I can, I kind of think we've seen, uh, what he has to offer and unfortunately it's it's not a lot right now it's a no. you know, that injury uh it definitely has has slowed his career uh daryl williams the other guy over in arizona veteran there um and another injury situation uh when james connor left the field in week two daryl williams came in had 11 touches and uh ended up as a really strong performer uh on the week and He's another guy we we kind of know what he is, um, but he he's performed when given the chance. And Eno Benjamin, uh, a player we talked about last week, who looked like the pretty clear backup, uh, but when Connor went out, it it was Williams who really got the uh, the bulk of the work there. So another situation where we've got a trio of running backs all worth a roster spot in dynasty leagues. Yeah, and he certainly is worth a roster spot as is Benjamin. I don't know if you agree, but I, my hunch is if Connor's out of the, if Connor's in the equation, he's a super high volume guy. If he's out yep. of the equation, it's almost a fifty fifty split based on situation, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I, I totally see it that way as well. And uh, both Williams and Benjamin, as I said, would be worth a, a roster spot, but neither are going to slot in uh, and be exactly what what James Conner can be for the Cardinals mm-hmm. or for our fantasy teams. Uh, a couple wide receivers we'll throw out really quickly before we take a little break here. Greg Dortch, uh, another Arizona Cardinal. He's been filling in for Rondell Moore and doing uh, a very good job of that. Uh, we'll see if Rondell Moore can get back on the field in week three. If not, Dortch uh, would be worth a start, honestly, not just a, not just yeah. an ad. Right. Uh, in fact, he was added in a lot of leagues after week one. Check and see if he's still out there in your league. And Noah Brown, similar spot uh, in Dallas that he's playing because of injury and playing pretty well. So Dorch and Brown, both worth an ad in your dynasty leagues. After the break, we are going to go back to a conversation we had last week. We're going to look at some players who started slow and and, and we were a little worried about uh, we talked about panic selling possibly some of these players. We're going to go back to that same conversation now two weeks in and see how we feel. Yeah, first I want to tell you guys about Toro, though. Toro's been uh, uh, quickly becoming a very fan favorite here on the Locked On Network, getting a lot of good responses about what they offer. And, and Toro's the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Toro, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. So browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Um, Book an SUV or a minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck to do some errands, or test drive an EV if you want. You know, every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions do apply. Um, Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Toro.com. All right, as I said earlier, we're going to go back to that conversation we had last week. And on this episode, uh, we focus on those dynasty transactions, trades, and waiver wire ads. 
So let's talk about some possible buy low or or maybe okay. even panic sell, I guess, depending on uh, your angle here. Last week at the quarterback position, we talked a couple of young guys, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and a couple of veterans, Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. Each of those four guys got off to a slow start. Uh, in week two, of course, we've already talked about Lance. We know, uh, unfortunately, the situation there. Uh, I got to see two of these guys uh, in yeah, action right. in week two, as as we already talked about, Justin Fields and Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, they were the Bears are down multiple scores, Matt. I know you watched that game, of sure. course. And they're still running the ball with David Montgomery in the second half. They just would not let Justin Fields throw the ball. It was pretty clear they didn't trust him. He only had 11 pass attempts uh, in the game. And when you're talking That's about brutal, being yeah. down, yeah, you're you're trailing virtually the entire game uh, for much of it by uh, by two scores, and you're throwing 11 times and running David Montgomery, you know, 20 plus times. It's it, it's not a good sign. Uh, so now a couple weeks in here, how are you feeling about Justin Fields? Yeah, I think you nailed that, and it is concerning. There's no doubt about it. I like that coaching staff. I actually know yeah. Luke Getze and then trust him a little bit, quite a bit. I think he's got a really bright future. But I absolutely think the key with the Bears is just survive this year of ownership because they're going to add so much this next offseason. I mean, in terms of receivers and O-line help. And I really can't picture a situation where Fields doesn't benefit from that or he's not the guy in Chicago. So... I'm sticking with them, you know. I mean, maybe you have a Derek Carr or a Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that that can get you through for a year or two until Fields really hits his stride or see how that goes. And I wouldn't want to be starting him right now. Yeah, so so not panic selling on Justin Fields. No. Uh, Rodgers did look much better in week two than he did in week one, as did Matthew Stafford. Yeah. So those those two guys, as probably as expected, bounced back uh, kind of to what, what we might normally see from them. Let's move over and talk running backs. Uh, we had six guys after week one that uh, gave us some reason to be concerned. There were uh, four veterans, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, uh, Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott. Of course, Kamara missed that game with an injury. Uh, we can't can't really judge him much further. Aaron Jones had a great game, multiple touchdowns. Uh, you said you were not concerned about either of those guys no, moving no. forward. Austin Eckler, Zeke Elliott eh, didn't didn't really uh, no. live up to expectations. Still in week two, and then a couple of young guys, Travis Etienne and Cam Akers, who we uh, did our Dynasty Value Study on last week. Um, I, uh, Akers got a much, you know, much more usage, yeah. much uh, more carries, more snaps. Everything was uh, was increased and, and feels like it's going the right direction for Akers. Uh, let's start that conversation with him. Did week two kind of heal everything when it comes to Cam Akers, or are there still some reasons to be concerned if you've got Akers on your dynasty roster? Um, I, I think I'd handle it this way, is go back and listen to that podcast where we highlighted Akers and talked a lot about him and add 15% to his value. You know, I mean, it's only yeah. one game, but it, it was an encouraging sign. I liked the way he moved. I really liked the player before all of his obstacles he had to overcome. So, yeah, I mean, it's one game, but add a little something to him. You know, add a little boost to him. 
Yeah, I talked about Cam Akers a little bit um, on a, on Nate Liss's podcast last week as well, and uh, he's doing really good work uh, on that pod, so check that out. Um, but he just made the point, and we kind of talked about it a little bit on here, you know, we just need one good game from Akers, and, and all of this negative talk is kind of washed away, which I, I get, I wouldn't... I wouldn't categorize week two as, as a good game for Akers or a, a full-on, um, you know, breakout, certainly, or anything like that. But it, it was encouraging. But Nate's right. You know, we're still we're still a little fickle and wishy-washy and, <laughs> and, and as dynasty managers. We're rolling with what we see from a week-to-week perspective on, on these guys. Uh, what about Ezekiel Elliott? It's it's been mostly bad news for the Cowboys. Yes. They did get uh, a little bit of a surprise week two win over the Bengals, uh, but I, I wouldn't say Zeke gets much of the credit for that though. His stock's so low. I mean, I don't know yeah. that you can emergency sell him. I mean, I don't. I definitely would not be targeting to buy though. I think you're kind of stuck with him at this point until he strings a few good games together, which could happen. But I. Not really, you know, betting on. You're it. not counting on it. No. If a if a second rounder is is the going rate for Ezekiel Elliott, whether you're buying or you're selling, uh, which way would you go with that? Are you selling for a second if you've got him, yeah. or are you willing to risk it and, and flip a second for him? I mean, that one's totally team dependent. You know, if you think you got a shot and you're a little light on on running backs, I think I'd give up the second in a vacuum. I'd rather have a second than Elliott. Um, I, I love picks. <laughs> I mean, I, I would probably move him for a second-round pick in what looks like a really rich running back draft, especially if I'm rebuilding. You know, I think that's an easy one. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you love picks. I love picks. Our, re, our, our listeners love picks, and it's a good year to love right, picks right. because 2023 is looking very nice. I would take the second-rounder for Zeke as well. Matt, when we come back, we're going to talk some wide receivers uh, that we might be a little worried about still now two weeks in. All right. I have told you about prize picks now a couple times, and I've done well with prize picks. I mean, to me, you're just kind of looking at the number. Do you think that he's going to score more or less than that? You're not battling against another you know, owner out there. You never know what they're going to do. Um, it's super easy to play. I've got several entries you know, already for next week. I, I've basically come close to doubling my money since I've gotten involved with prize picks, which is great. And here's what you do. You need to pick two to five players, and if they will go score more or less than their prize pick projection, their projection, you can win up to ten times your money. Um, no competing against other people, as I mentioned. It's just universal projections, which I've done well with. Um, Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. I mean, of course, NFL, NBA, baseball, hockey, PGA, though, NASCAR, Euro basketball, cricket, women's college, you know, foot basketball, soccer, anything you can imagine. Disc golf. Uh, entries can made, be made in 60 seconds or less. Boom, it's that easy. Super safe and fast withdrawals. I've already pulled a little bit of money out. Easy. And it's operational right now in over 30 states as well as Canada. So here's what you do. Download the PrizePick apps or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users get 100% instant deposit match. Up to 100 bucks with our promo code. Our promo code is locked on. All one word. Caps. If you deposit 100 bucks. 
Prize Picks gives you a hundred bucks. If you give, if you deposit twenty five bucks, Prize Picks gives you twenty five bucks. So just make sure you you enter our promo code Locked On to get that instant deposit match. All right, Matt. Let's talk wide receivers here. Uh, just like our running backs, we had six guys we mentioned last week that we were a little concerned about. Uh, let's go ahead and eliminate one of those. Mike Williams of the Chargers yeah. had a very, very quiet week one. Had a huge game in week two. Uh, of course, Keenan Allen was out of the lineup. I think I think that was probably expected by many, including myself. So he's kind of back in in the good graces of fantasy managers a little bit. Uh, CD lamb and Allen Robinson, both of those guys quiet in week one. And I would say both looked a little better in week two. There's still definitely reasons to be worried about lamb, I think. Uh, and, and I would reiterate what I said last week that if you can flip him for, uh, really almost any other wide receiver in that top 10 range, I would consider doing that. Uh, we talked about, uh, guys like Waddle, uh, last week, that's looking like it's yeah, probably right, right. probably not going to happen right now. now yeah. yeah, yeah, you might have to add to C.D. Lamb to get that deal done uh, right now. But uh, three of these guys I wanted to ask you specifically about. I'm going to go back to that game I, I was fortunate enough to attend. Darnell Mooney of the Bears ends up with one catch for negative yardage. Uh, that's after a poor showing in week one as well so you know we're two weeks in now and have gotten almost nothing from darnell mooney and uh, i mean the thought process leading into the year was he might not be that wide receiver one type player i know that's uh that's kind of been your thought process 100%. on it but at least he'll be the top target for that team right the 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 idea of somebody's got to catch the ball uh, I think the Bears are showing us that no, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, we just it, it's throw. not. Yeah, it's not that somebody has to catch the ball. We're going to throw the ball eleven times with a below-average quarterback, and uh, and Darnell Mooney's going to catch one of them and lose yardage. So, and we I mean, can't blame weather like in Week One or Game Script. Right, you know, right. I mean, it's just not a good situation, and I don't think he's number one. And I'd be getting out now if he still can. Yeah. Okay. So you are again. We're talking about would you panic sell these players? You would panic sell on on Darnell Mooney. Are you taking a second rounder for him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mooney came into the season, I think, with uh, with quite a bit of value. Probably overvalued, in my opinion. Um, yes, absolutely. And and Matt and I have agreed on kind of how we see him. So hopefully, you sold him. Uh, before the season started, because he's he's certainly been losing value. Devontae Smith with the Eagles. Um, he's a player who bounced back a little bit. At least he, he uh, looked good. Better than, better than his zero catch performance in week one. Uh, but it, it's pretty clear here that A.J. Brown's going to be the top target no matter what. And, and Dallas Goddard, I think, will end up being the second option in most weeks in the passing game. And... Uh, that just doesn't leave much for Devonte Smith. Are you getting rid of him while you can, Matt? He looked good. He was on a standalone game, so a lot of people watched him. His stats were fine. They weren't spectacular. I was encouraged that they got him more and more involved. He's much different than Brown or Goddard, so I think he'll always have a role. Unlike okay. the Bears, I don't think they're going to be a super low-volume low passing team. I think they'll throw more than people might realize. But it might be a good time to move on. I mean, if he's a two or three in that offense, and 
I was always a little prejudiced against him because of his size coming out of Bama to begin with. You know, yeah. I didn't love that part of his game, and that's never going to change. Yeah, he's another one that I was trying to move off of my rosters prior to the season, and I'm certainly doing that now. Yeah, um, Devontae Smith, Darnell Mooney, a couple players that I'm trying to sell. Let's wrap it up here with Debo Samuel. We talked a lot of 49ers in this episode, uh, and we, we know the situation here that it's Jimmy Garoppolo. If you've got Debo Samuel, if you've got Brandon Ayuk, uh, we haven't seen George Kittle on the field yet, but if you've got these 49ers that uh, you were counting on this season, do you feel better now that it's Jimmy Garoppolo rather than Trey Lance? Yes. I, I yeah. would like to see it with Kittle. You know, I mean, those three mouse are hungry and deserve targets. I've said this all along that I thought 2021 will probably be Debo's best fantasy season of his career, yeah. and it was a remarkable one. Um, I don't know that he'll dominate things when the three of them are out there. But just you know, rewind 25 minutes into our show, and I think we know exactly what the Niners' offense looks like with Jimmy, and it's more than good enough to support all three of them, especially Debo. I think he'll be just fine, and he looks as good as he ever has. And with this running back this disaster they have going on, carries i think will still be part of his game i think so as well yeah um and you're right we know what we know what's going to happen here with san francisco we're they follow that blueprint they're going to continue to do that i do think it's good news for debo samuel for iuk and uh the rest of that group um but at the same time, I think most dynasty managers are going to have that opinion. So even though Debo hasn't had the huge game like we saw from him in 2021, I don't think he's a guy you can go out and, and buy low. I don't no, think that no. the price is dropping, especially now that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the lineup. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked on Dynasty.